You're listening to the Jay's Journal Podcast for Tuesday, August 15th. I'm your host, Ari Shapiro. And on this evening show, I have a roundtable for you that's going to teach you a little bit something about fan loyalty, about believing in this team, about what this team is attempting to do in capturing your imagination and your heart, and also on the things that sometimes we don't like to talk about, the gruesome reality of the business of sports. And that's important because we all have our various different vested interests in what this team is all about. After this roundtable, I think you're going to learn a thing or two when it comes to testing the limits of your investment with this Major League franchise. Now, joining me on today's roundtable podcast are three very special guests I've been looking forward to having on the show. Ayinka Jess of She's Four Sports, Dr. Christina Real, and Laura Armstrong of the Toronto Star. Ladies, thank you for coming on the show and let me start by asking you, Laura, to get us rolling on this round table. The Blue Jays are doing everything they can to stay relevant in a year that's required, I'm sure, as you've noticed, more media involvement than usual to keep people's spirits up. And I think we all know that that's necessary when you're owned by a media company. How should fans, in your opinion, really feel about the message that, hey, they're still in it? And how do you feel about this 2017 campaign when you kind of look at it, warts and all? Certainly, I think that ultimately there there have been more awards in 2017 than than we expected. There have been more awards in 2017 than obviously we've seen over the past couple of years. So it certainly hasn't been um, a very strong year for the Blue Jays. I think that's probably a large understatement. I think at the fa- the fact that we're even having this conversation um, right now that the Blue Jays are still sort of contenders um, heading into sort of the final seven weeks of the season is is a testament uh, to the quality of the American League East uh, and the American League in general, not necessarily the quality of the Blue Jays' performances this season. That being said, I think, you know, as fans of of this team, um, there there's still reason to support support the team. I think that one thing that John Gibbons has said over the past, a uh, few months is the fact that this team has never um, lacked for for effort. And as much as you don't want to talk about a professional sports team in that sense, because you expect more than just effort from these athletes who are being paid all of this money to go out there and perform and 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 do this job. Um, they they certainly haven't, and you have to give them some credit for that. They haven't, you know, turned against each other. Um, they've continued to sort of battle even when things have been quite quite poor this year. Um, you know, I think that it's important for fans to stand by their team because that's what a fan does. Um, I think that it is also important for fans to look at this objectively, even though the Blue Jays woke up and they were three and a half games back of a wild card spot. There are still six teams uh, between them and that second wild card spot. I think it's important to be objective, but appreciate the fact that, you know, after two and 11 starts at the beginning of the season, um, there is still a slight possibility for contention. And I know that, you know, sports fans, the best and worst part about being a sports fan is the fact that you will cling on to any semblance of hope that there may be. Um, from Rogers' perspective, this is certainly a bonus that their team has um, performed this poorly all season, has yet to reach 500, and is still sort of on the outskirts of a possibility of, of being in playoff contention. So they're sort of, I think, just running with whatever they can get at this point. Um, but, you know, I think it's up to fans to 
enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, hopefully for fans, it goes into October, but then also look critically at the organization behind the team and make sure that come 2018, they, they sort of, um, you know, give um, fans back what they're asking from fans. They've increased ticket prices. There should be an expectation from fans that they're going to be contenders in 2018, as the Blue Jays have said that they, they plan to be. You know, I think that all the things you touched on are really important, and, and also fans can kind of take an opportunity to look at the the kind of diamonds in this season, which have been really kind of that development of young talent and kind of showing off some of their young players. And, and perhaps that's a position where um, the media could um, come in and kind of talk about the 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 development of these young players and, and fans can kind of latch onto that for the future, even if they don't contend this year. Yeah, I agree with mostly what, uh, you know, both women have said. I think um, for myself as a fan and somebody who does like to follow the Blue Jays, I think, you know, uh, there's a lot of players on the team that have, you know, different backgrounds, different stories. And I think fans have really just uh, congregated around those stories, around interesting things that have happened on the field. I can't remember who the player was, but the the guy who was, who dove over the other player uh, to get on a base. I think uh, that's sort of what's keeping fans. There's, you know, the the losses aren't great, but I think that there are times when there are diamonds. There are times when there are stories. Um, you know, Pierce's. I think it was a two. Uh, it was a home run walk off, and you know, there's just certain moments that have captured this season. I think fans are holding on to that. I also believe that baseball definitely is a summer pastime for a lot of people. You see people celebrating their anniversaries at a, a Blue Jays game or there's a bachelor party or there's a summer camp that's going to watch the Blue Jays play. They, they're bringing people together, you know, whether it's tourists or people in Canada together. And I think that that's just definitely something fans are going to have to hold on to. Unfortunately, the season hasn't been great. There's been lots of injuries and other issues that have plagued the Blue Jays. But I think fans should, you know, come together and have a good time. Enjoy the rest of the summer and the Jays season. Take it for what it is and, and just be realistic as to what the season has been. I think it's certainly going to be interesting, too, though, coming into sort of the end of August, the beginning of September, when the Jays are starting to contend, contend um, against some of the other uh, teams in this market, how mm. how fans are going to shape up. I know last night at the game there was about 32,000 people. And, you know, it was it was a game, sort of a, a series against Tampa Bay, who, you know, it's, it's, they're not Boston, they're not New York. They're not going to bring in necessarily the biggest environments, but they're still American League East divisional rival. Um, I, I expected that there was going to be more people there, to be honest. I think it was one of the sort of um, smallest crowds I've seen so far this year. And it was Nick Tepish, and I understand that, you know, he's not the mm. biggest draw on the mound this season, but I think that as the Blue Jays come into fall, it's going to be interesting to see how they contend with the likes of the Toronto Maple Leafs coming back and people starting to pay attention to preseason there. The Raptors eventually coming into play. Toronto FC right now is, is on a, a run towards being the, the best uh, team in Major League Soccer. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how the Jays hold up. Um, and I think that's going to be quite telling for how um, Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins are going to have to approach um, going into next season if they see more, more numbers drop off. I was just going to add to um, Laura's point about what Shapiro and team might be doing to sort of um, 
not completely reconfigure the Jays, but figure out what their go-forward plan is to get more people in seats if numbers start to drop off. And I think that'd be a very interesting outlook to see, you know, how calculated he might be, you know, to um, bring in maybe more younger players. I don't know if they're bringing more players from the minor leagues and and giving them sort of that opportunity. Um, Because, you know, from fans I've been hearing, you know, there's that rhetoric of the Jays are an old team. So how do we either replace them with, uh, you know, younger uh, athletes or find a mix so that we have some of our veterans that can play well with our, our, our younger, healthier players. Yeah, that certainly I think could be an interesting conundrum too, because I think the Jays also run into, we've seen players in the past um, sort of be, be brought up too soon. And um, it's going to be an interesting to watch Mark Shapiro in the front office balance that. Um, you don't want to rush younger players just to get mm-hmm. them up to keep people entertained in September. Um, but at the same time, certainly once you once you have a new face in the clubhouse, we've seen that with, with guys recently. We've seen it with, you know, Cesar Valdez when he came in and had that great start and then told a lovely story um, about his pitching for his, his uh father and Chris Rowley last weekend coming in and the first West Point grad who who was in the military and is now a successful baseball player. These are great stories that people really latch on to, but you don't want the story to sort of um, overtake the, the, the quality of the baseball and you certainly don't want somebody like, you know, something crazy like uh, Aguero Jr. who obviously is not going to come up in September, but you don't want some somebody like that to be rushed just to to, to appease some fans um, if, if that's going to be a detriment to the player in the future. Well, there's a lot to be said for quality of season, um, which is what Laura mentioned in her opening, essentially reminding us that this has been an arduous experience for fans. I would argue almost traumatic. And I'm going to point in your direction for this, Christina, your thoughts on what the maybe psychological fallout of dealing with a team that started 2-11, and played so horribly in April, uh, rebounded beautifully in May with a bunch of replacement parts, only to have some of those injuries return again in June, and then ultimately find themselves where, and, and you're absolutely right on this point, it, it seems almost lun- it, like lunacy to talk about contending when the team can't even make its way to 500. On top of that, Christina, you factor in all of these lopsided losses of seven or more runs, which at last count I think was up to 13 or 14. What does it say to the fans' expectations and their mindset where every time they get a semblance of hope, a little sliver, glimmering hope, that it's immediately taken away with what should be a reveal that maybe this team just isn't that good? You know, as you're talking about this, it it just um, puts an image in my mind of a roller coaster. And really that's what the fans are on this year. You know, you've got these ebbs and flows in the in the season where you you know you find the opportunity to say to yourself, oh, well, maybe if I if if they hang on to this streak or they or they hang on to the, this this win, they can you know put it together and 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 get back into this, and then all of a sudden you're down at the bottom of the barrel again. And I think that the 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 mantra really needs to be is just like hang on tight, you know. Um, and, and ride it out um, because this year is clearly not going to be one that was predicted. Um, this year is not going to be one where you're going to look back in five years and say, hey, you know, that that was great. Um, it's just not going to be one of those years. And I think there's a lot of acceptance that really needs to go on when we're thinking about the way that this team is playing um, and really accepting the unpredictability of what's going to happen. Um, I think that attempting to predict where they're going to end up at the end of the year because of the way that they have been playing lately is, is kind of like the spinning your own wheels. 
Um, mm. And I think that that's a lot of what's happening in the media, to be honest with you. I mean, I've heard a lot of these debates about will they or won't they contend for yeah. the playoffs this year. And I think the real question is if they do contend for the playoffs in in a, um, a series of teams that really, I mean, when you look at their numbers compared to, to numbers in, in the other uh, other teams that are contending, are they really contending or are they just making the numbers where they need to? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and is that what you really want to see for your team? And I think that as far as fans go, um, I would I would be looking on for next season if, if, it, if it's me. Um, just riding out the rest of this roller coaster ride, seeing where you end up, and, and looking toward next season as where you really want to put your money. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think uh, for me... As a fan and someone who's following it, I've just put myself at a resolve to say, you know what, this was not a great season. Let's see what they can do next year. Um, But I have spoken to uh, other colleagues who are fans, and and one I know she bought season tickets for the first time this year. Um, Not sure what to expect, but figured it would have been a great deal for her. And she's had to sometimes give away her tickets because maybe people aren't as interested now for other reasons. Um, so it, it, I think for season ticket holders, it might have been a little bit more of a, uh, a heartbreak. I think for other fans, maybe at this point we're at the place where we're like, you know what, we see the signs. It wasn't a great season, and we're going to look forward to, to next uh, season. But I think for some people who have a little bit more commitment, as I said, like these season ticket holders, they're probably a lot more disappointed than, than others are. I mean, yeah, you, you, you've got a lot of commitment going into somebody who's who's committed to be there every game and a lot of financial commitment too and, and so the disappointment is obviously obviously there and, and you know, when I say look on to next season what I another thing that I kinda of think about is if you don't have to totally lose the faith, you know. Of course you know as a as a fan you there's always that glimmer of hope and I think that's a it's a great thing to hold on to. Um but realistically thinking like if it happens, hey, awesome, but not having that expectation that it's going to be there. Um, but, no, I, I completely agree with you. There's a, there's, I think there's, there's a few different levels of heartbreak that goes on, and for season ticket holders, um, it, it's got to be more than, than just a, a disappointment. One thing that I have found um, being, you know, on, on this beat for the first time this season um, is that I'm quite impressed by how dedicated Blue Jays fans are, and I, and I mm. think that that is something that people – um, across the league agree with. They're, they might not always be the most well-liked fan base, um, but the Blue Jays aren't necessarily always the most well-liked team, so maybe they fit. Um, but Blue Jays fans travel, and they support their team, and the number of times that I have been at a major league stadium and uh, li- lifted my head up at the sounds of cheers, and the cheers have been for the visiting team uh, because there is such a contingent of Jays fans in the crowd is, is, is pretty impressive. Uh, it's happened on many occasions and hasn't just happened in the cities that we expect, like Seattle, where, you know, it, everybody takes the Canadians um, from the West Coast take over Safeco Field, um, which makes me wonder success over the past two years that the Blue Jays have had um, has brought in fans that are more than just casual fans who have either fallen in love with the team or the players or, um the the atmosphere that comes with going out to the ballpark on Friday afternoon and sitting in the sun and watching a good ball game. 
And I, I, I think it would be interesting to see how the Blue Jays are able to, whether or not the Blue Jays are able to quantify how many, how many people have been brought in over the past few seasons mm. and how many people have stayed through um, this, this up and down season. And, you know, you'd think that if there were bandwagon fans um, who had jumped on during the success, successes, they would have jumped off by now. And I do think that it's possible that the Jays have maybe um, grabbed the hearts of, of more people than, than we thought over the past two years and who um, are willing to stick around even through these ups and downs. And I think that September will give those people um, a little bit of excitement. Um, that, that little bit of hope that still exists um, will keep people hanging on. I was going to say, I, I really am interested myself in the whole fan engagement side of things. I mean, as, mm-hmm. you know, me running shoes for sports and talking to other women who like baseball or the Raptors or the Argos and, and seeing around my own, you know, within my own um, communities of people that I talk to, them going to games, them tweet, tweeting online that they're at uh, the Raptors game or they're at the Blue Jays game taking a selfie or they brought their family to, to I believe, is it... Um, is it Jay's Junior Jay Saturday? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm starting to see a lot more of my female colleagues, and and you know, they're, them also bringing their families to games and stuff. So I'd be really interested in the engagement side of things. One thing I can definitely say is when you do go to a Blue Jays game, everybody doesn't matter if it's a grandmother or a baby or an adult, everybody is in Blue Jays merchandise. So mm-hmm. you know, people definitely have embraced the team, whether it's just wearing the merchandise and showing up once or twice over the season or maybe, as I said, being more involved online and, and really um, promoting their experience online. I think fans definitely, with the last two years of, of what we've seen of them getting into the postseason, I think fans, fans have really uh, gravitated around all of that, that hype, you know, Jose's bat flip. Um, you know, I've traveled to the States and I've seen a, a few, you know, Blue Jays hats here and there, whether they're tourists or people just living there. I think also people just like the look of the, the Blue Jays, you know, the hat with the bird. I think people just, you know, were, were deemed as cool, you know, um, or even being in a place like Ottawa and seeing people walking around with Blue Jays hats on. Yeah, they somehow have um, got the attention of new fans, and, and I think people are, are really gravitating towards um, what the Jays stand for um, and sort of their excitement. The, you mentioned unpredictability. That's kind of, it's hard this season too, but sometimes it makes for an interesting story of, of you know, riding the storm out with them if you are not a bandwagon fan. So yeah, it's interesting to see uh, women in different, uh, you know, different groups, um, you know, really taking in the, the Blue Jays um, as a team and also representing the city of Toronto. So that's the beauty of sport, in my opinion, is that you really you know, you, you have these opportunities to come together as, as a group of individuals who are sharing this common um, joy in a game. And, and, and I think baseball has this wonderful quality of being able to bring together, um, bring together fans. And, and whether you're riding it together through the ups or you're riding it together through the downs, you've got this sense of community, and the Jays really have that great community. And I think that being able to harness that in September is where, is, is, is where the future lies. So what's fascinating to me in hearing this is we've identified, and, and I think that's a fascinating formula for the organization to understand, just how many of these fans are Fairweather fans versus ones who have genuinely come to love this team because of what Alex Anthopoulos and Paul Beeston started with uh, this this series of what were very, very controversial moves, but it panned out uh, in so much as that they, they managed to recapture the imagination 
of the fans. Of course, it hasn't panned out in bringing them a World Series championship. And I'm wondering, Ainka, is it a form of testing fan loyalty when you go ahead and raise ticket prices by 17% after leading the league (laughs) in attendance? It's a lot. But what's what's fascinating to me is we just talked about how many people have ordered these tickets to see a game, whether they're season ticket holders or whether they're coming in with the promise of the collateral that was established in 2015 and 2016. My question to you is, is, is there an inherent danger that in creating this new generation of loyal fans that you could also inadvertently take advantage of them by raising ticket prices with the expectation that, hey, if you're going to charge us more, you better invest in this product on the field? Yeah, that is a very interesting one because I think as much as fans um, you know, love the sport, love the players that are, are, are uh, you know, out there playing. I think the other side of, of this is that, you know, major league sports, pro sports, it's a business, right? So I think it's challenging. I, I don't I don't agree with, with hiking the prices up that much, especially with the season that we saw this season. Um, but again, as I said, there's that other side of the business model um, and, and that's definitely takes a, a, a an impact into to how everything is with major league sports and, and pro sports so it, it unfortunately it, it's a reality that kind of comes with it um, because it's a, a business um, but I, I don't think that the prices should have been raised that high I don't know if they will lose uh, more fans because of that or maybe the the ones like I said my colleague she bought season tickets for the first time maybe she'll be a little bit more uh, not so willing to buy next for next season, right, to invest that way. I do think that this is an area where Rogers is once again benefiting, though, from Blue Jays not being altogether out of it. Um, because I think that they've, they've come out and, you know, at the trade deadline they said that they were, they were looking towards 2018 and they still have enough guys like, Marcus Stroman, like Aaron Sanchez, like Roberto Asuna, that you can build a team around, and then you have the likes of Jay Happ, who will be there next year, Marco Estrada. Those four, those four pitchers together could be a pretty solid rotation if they're all healthy. As Josh Donaldson is, the, even the possibility of Josh Donaldson being there in 2018 will will bring some people um, to the ballpark. And Rogers benefits from the fact that these players, they they. They don't have to make the decisions before uh, season ticket holders have to make their decisions necessarily. So you have to make a commitment to a team that you don't necessarily know how it's going to shape up. But because the Blue Jays are, are could still be a good team come 2018, could be a team that could contend uh, once again or, or, as they say, sort of intends to contend, um, there's still sort of that carrot hanging that says, I don't want to potentially miss out on something at the ballpark next season. I think that if this happens again and and we're having the same conversation in September, the ticket prices have been hiked again or they're the same uh, they're the same cost and people are not getting the return on their tickets that they'd hoped that they would get, then then Mark Shapiro, Ross Atkins, Blue Jays front office will have a, a bigger conundrum, but because um, this is sort of the first season of assemble they still have a number of people who are interested in this team to a point where they will come back and they will um they 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 don't want to miss out on the possibility at this point i completely agree with what you're saying there because you you got to hope that this is a blip on the radar and that this is not going to be the team that they put out next year 
And as a fan, I think that there's an opportunity to say to yourself, you know, am I going to, am I going to jump off now because we've had a rough go of it this season? Or am I going to have the faith that the front office is doing what they have to do to put a team on the, um, on the field next year? And I think that by having that faith in that team, you, it's almost like you, like you said, you have to kind of have that, that faith and, and just, you know, not want to miss out on, on, on something that could be great next year. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the point of being a fan. That's the point. That's why we love sports. Mm-hmm. That's why we, we hate sports. We're, we're on this roller coaster and you've devoted yourself to a team and, and you're always going to have, um, ha- look on the bright side to a point. You can be objective as much as you want, but I think at, at some point your, your heart takes over, um, what your head's telling and you always hope that even while there's, you know, that three or 5% chance the Blue Jays are going to make the playoffs, you somewhere in there still believe that that is going to happen. And I think that that's what Rogers will probably capitalize on next, going into next season is, is that sort of, um, that, that, you know, those feelings towards this team that, that Blue Jays fans just can't quite shake. There's no guarantees in sport. And I think that there's no guarantees of winning and there's no guarantees of losing. And I think that's what keeps bringing people back over and over and over again, no matter what sport you go to. You can have the best team on paper and it, it doesn't pan out. Or you can have the underdog that comes from behind and completely blows everybody out of the water. And, and that's the that's the reality of sports. So so there's this this idea that you that that you could miss out on something. And and I think that that's the beauty of all of it is that you just never never know. And I think this is where we have to appreciate that the collective consciousness of the fan base here in Toronto was truly tested by about a 22 23 year stretch of futility. I think it goes back to our earlier collective point that clearly there's something special in this market. The fans are loyal, and they're even willing to put up with over two decades of, of inept management, poor spending, underachievement, injuries, whatever it may be. I think you'll agree, though, that this year may have featured all of those variables. And, and Laura, I'm wondering, after seeing a year in which the Jays had 25, 26 players on the DL, had the exact opposite of the picture of health, scenario with their starters last year, which we acknowledged was a rarity in sports. You don't see five starters remain healthy through a whole baseball season. We know that. And had to deal with the kind of player regression and underachievement that I haven't seen collectively on a baseball field in a long time. I mean, really, with the exception of Justin Smoke and Marcus Stroman and Roberto Asuna, I don't think you can laud any of the other roster players for overachievement this year. My question is, knowing that we talked about the four starters half Estrada, Stroman, and Sanchez, and knowing that there's a nucleus of, of, of players maybe to start building around, what would you tell one of my listeners who are enjoying this roundtable if they remain cynical and say, I don't trust this organization to go out and look after the fans' best interests. They're a big corporation. We all know that big conglomerate corporations, duopolies, are not interested in, in, in customer satisfaction. How, how do you respond to that kind of mentality that many fans have? I would say that ultimately um, what benefits Rodgers is to have a great team because if we've seen anything over the past two years, it's the fact that when you bring in the likes of a Josh Donaldson, a Troy mm-hmm. Tulowitzki, a Russell Martin, your team produces um, like they have over the past two years, then the media company benefits. I, I, I don't think that any fan should be under the impression that 
Rodgers is necessarily doing for the fans. Um, at the end of the day, um, as mentioned before, it's a business. Um, but the business benefits from the team being good, which in turn satisfies the fans. Um, the Jays do have um, what seems to be a decently strong core. They have some, some control over guys like Stroman, like Aaron Sanchez, who is still sort of a question mark with these blister issues, like Roberto Asuna, like Devin Travis, who also has some questions about his health. I think that something that will be telling in the offseason is going to be whether or not they stick with Josh Donaldson, whether or not they sell Josh Josh Donaldson, um, whether or not they, they wait out until he hits free agency next fall and see if they can sign him over the next year. I think that if you see the Blue Jays sign Josh Donaldson to a deal at the very least to 2021, though I expect that he will want something longer um, for, for market value, then you are seeing this front office believe in the rotation that it has right now, believe in the young players coming up and and maybe even the players in the minor leagues and then fans can sort of be reassured that they're they're investing in making this team good again because you only see a player like Josh Donaldson come around so often and while he hasn't been at his best this year you watch him over the last three weeks or so definitely the last 16 games in which he's hit eight home runs and has started looking healthy and looking like the MVP caliber player that we've seen over the past few years and you remember that you know, he's not the kind of player that you, you get many times uh, in an organization. So if the Blue Jays are showing that they want to hold on to Josh Donaldson, then I think that they're showing some faith in this, this current team. And then Blue Jays fans would sort of be, um, I think it would make sense for them to, to, to invest in the players that are here right now. Yeah, I agree that they should definitely, uh, you know, invest in, in some of the key players that have been showing, um, you know, producing in a certain way that we, we feel is, 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 is quality baseball, as you mentioned earlier. But I think I'd also be interested in seeing what, who we have, you know, from the, the minor leagues. You know, we've been calling up a couple of different players, and if anything, uh, those players in the minor leagues have been benefiting from, unfortunately, the injuries from our, our, our veterans and, and those uh, who who are our starters. So, I mean, I would be interested in understanding or seeing, you know, is there a diamond in the rough? Is there another young player that's, that's someone like, you know, we look at Osuna, who I believe is 22. Is there anybody else out there like that who... Yes, they're young. Yes, we don't want to force anything before it's due time. Um, but maybe there is a, a 22-year-old out there who's ready, who's ready to play at that that uh, MLB, you know, Blue Jays level. And it'd be exciting to see, as uh, I guess the guests have been mentioning, what the the team will look like uh, next season. I think what the Blue Jays have struggled with in that vein is the fact that they've had to bring up a number of young players. We've seen Anthony Alford, we've seen Daryl Siciliani, we've seen Dwight Smith Jr. Usually you're waiting until September to bring up these players to see if they can sort of kickstart a team that that maybe is going to contend. Maybe there is that diamond in the rough. Um, But the Blue Jays have had to use those players um, over the course of the season. (laughs) Unfortunately, those players in a lot of cases have ended up on the disabled list on their own. Um, Some of them are back now, which is great, but I think that Part of the problem that the Blue Jays are dealing with right now is that their farm system really doesn't have, as far as we can tell, those those diamonds in the rough coming up. So so they're left to deal with the young players that they have on the current roster or wait a couple of years um, until you're getting 
um, a, a, some some younger players, Guerrero Jr., Bobachet. You know, not not next year, maybe not even the year after, but 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 not for a couple years, definitely at least. Um, so so the the Jays have to bridge that gap. Um, it's not to say that there aren't players who could be coming up. You you look at a guy like Ryan Barucki, who's in in New Hampshire and doing very well. Um, you could see a guy like that coming up. That would be that would be an interesting. Um, uh, player to, to watch over the next year. Um, but I think the Jays are struggling with the fact that they don't necessarily have those young players um, in the system because the, the farm system has been so depleted over the last couple of years, bringing in some big guys for people to necessarily get excited about in a realistic time frame. Yeah, I think focusing on what you have right now is the, is the important thing for this season because the farm team is depleted. It's, it's, it's important to to kind of nurture the talent that you have and and find their find their place um, with with what you got now. And I have to say, even though one of us is officially a sports psychologist, I think that um, yeah. all of us today have been very therapeutic. Maybe even a little cathartic for some listeners <laughs> to appreciate what's going on. All I'm hearing is like a state of flux, really, because we're we're lamenting on a season that hasn't gone the way it should. We're hoping that it still gives us a reason to, to have have reasons to cheer in, in August and September, and then we're crossing our fingers when we all know that 2018 could also be a big question mark, especially when it comes to certain players like Devin Travis and uh, Aaron Sanchez and his blisters. It, it's really all up in the air, but I think I can say that we all agree on the importance of what fan loyalty really means and how rewarding it can be when even amidst all the doom and gloom, you can still say that through thick and thin, I will cheer for my Blue Jays team. And I think in that regard, this has been an, an amazing roundtable. I, I want to go around the horn here. We'll start with Ainka, and then we'll go to uh, uh, Christina and Laura. Uh, tell my listeners where they can find you, what you're working on, and what they should know about all the great things you're doing these days. Yes, yeah, so She's for Sports uh, obviously is a, a network, and we're bringing women together to have a larger voice in sports. We feature um, women uh, across our social media platforms, stories about women in sports, um, issues like pay equity and, and, you know, the first female coaches of different sports um, on our social media platforms. Just a lot of news about women in sports, and then just the average day-to-day news beat that's happening um, in different sports and then also our next stream is that we hold events so I'm working on um, organizing the next Shoes for Sports event uh, that will be in uh, late fall so you know stay tuned uh, across our, our social media platforms for more information Twitter is at Shoes for Sports all one word um, and we recently just interviewed Sportsnet anchor Jackie Redmond so that interview is up across our social media platform so you know take a look at the interview tell us what you like and maybe possibly who you think we you'd like us to interview in the future I am just running my private practice which is real peak performance down here in North Carolina um having a wonderful time being a guest on this this podcast it's been a fantastic experience over the few times that I've been here um and really just Focusing on my Twitter account, which is at DocReal, which you can follow me on. I provide some mental toughness um, quotes and some um, pointers on improving your own game, even if you're doing recreational sports. And, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, and for me, over the next seven weeks, you can find me wherever the blue jays are. Um, I, uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Laura Army. 
um, or all of my stuff is posted on my author page at thestar.com. And, uh, yeah, I'll be around to, to see how this roller coaster pans out for these guys. <laughs> well, hang on. Hang, hang, I was going to say hang on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Dr. Christina Real, sports psychologist, Laura Armstrong from the Toronto Star, reporter with the Star, and Ainka Jess of She's for Sports. I want to thank all three of you for being on my show today and certainly look forward to having you on again for some future roundtables. This has been a slice. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, guys.